Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. We're here to say hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 23rd, 20 and 22, and you're listening to episode number 539. I'm your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show is Mr. Bob Ryer. Boom shakalaka! Whoa, it's NBA Jam all of a sudden. (laughs) Joey Brachino is here. Happy birthday. Stop, stop. To you. Thank you, Marilyn. <laughs> Happy birthday. Aaron Amos is with us. I'm just looking at Joey Ray's skirt. <laughs> oh. Uh, John Burkle, how do you feel about that? Um, I'm a little disturbed and excited by Joey right now. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Story of my life, baby. <laughs> right. It's getting hot in here. It's getting hot in here. Uh, hello, welcome to the podcast. Did you enjoy the music? We had it's back. It's back. We got the this rights week. back. What, what, what happened? <laughs> I forgot it. Oh well, that's good. That's easy. <laughs> I thought no, no joke. I had to rewind it like three times. I was like, "What the f?" I'm like, "Listen, I'm like, did we just roll do like a hot take? Just rolled right into the show? I'm listening to the episode." <laughs> Bronwyn leaving for California threw me through a loop. I have not been functioning. Uh, I don't. I never function at a hundred percent, but I have been even less so since she left. She hasn't come back until Friday, yeah. and so I'm just kind of limping to the finish line until I go and uh, pick her up at the airport. She's over there eating the cat food. It's like, oh God. <laughs> no, let me tell you, he's, I, he's, he's like Andy Dwyer. He's got. <laughs> He's got a bandana for underwear. <laughs> guys, guys, listen, listen, all right? I'ms complete chicken flavor. Ooh. You have no idea. A little bit of hot sauce, you're probably good to go. Yeah. You said that's chicken a little flavor. Bit, that's a little bit of that, like, Red Rooster sriracha. Just, yeah. come on. Oh, so what? good. So good. I'm reinventing bachelor food. Jesus. They call that cock sauce where I come from. No joke. Uh, hey. Hello. I'm not Episode even joking. Title, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I wish I was joking. I'm dead serious. Red rooster. <laughs> cock sauce. Uh, yeah. So, you know what we're about to do right now? What's up? We're about to have my first beer in probably a year. Uh oh. What? Uh-oh. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Episode's gonna be one hour tonight, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this and I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the podcast. Oh. Welcome. Um, I'm drinking a Puppers. It is the official beer of Letter Kenny. I wonder if it's any good. We're going to find out. Tell us. Uh, I'll let you know in a minute once it calms down. I just did a really crappy pour, and now I've got to wait for the foam show to. uh, Nikki would be very unhappy. It has been a year. 
I do have, though, uh, a Zatanna bombshells pint glass that I'm drinking out of. That helps. I found it uh, while I was cleaning the basement. I was like, no way. So good. Um, All right. Let's see. So lightning rounds, comic books, of course. Uh, We got a couple of cool news stories. Uh, DC revealed their full um, Pride Month special uh, and a bunch of other things that are coming out. We're going to talk about that. Uh, some other cool book announcements. And of course, Disney dropped a Ms. Marvel Ooh. teaser trailer for uh, the new series coming out really soon. Sooner than than you think. It's going to be, 8th. what is it, June? June 8th. Yeah. Like, it's in my calendar. I, I watched that away. trailer five times and I was like, calendar, calendar, calendar. <laughs> yep. And we've got Moon Knight coming out at the end of this month. I have heard very good things about that. So, yeah. Is it the end uh, of this week? Yeah. It's the third, uh, the 28th or the 30th, something okay, like that. I think it's the 30th. I think it's next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. It's next, next Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited for that. Oh, okay. Here we go. The the Taste this. Yes, yeah, wow. great radio. Great I was li- yeah. Aaron, you beat me by a second. <laughs> it's not bad. Damn it. It's not bad. It's very like it's very boiler bo- boilerplate beer. There's nothing like too special about it, but it's not bad. I could I can drink this. All right. I'm good. All right. Gold bubble. Uppers, golden lager. Go get yourself some. Jesus. Come to right. Canada. That's this week's show, everyone. Thanks for coming up. <laughs> yep. Thanks a lot, everybody. Um you could reach us uh, at Talking Comics. <laughs> Uh, no, let's talk about this Ms. Marvel trailer. Let's just jump right into it. Joey, <laughs> Joey yes. do you want to? <laughs> yeah, of course you do. I okay. First of all, last Tuesday when it dropped at 10 a.m., you know the moment that will live forever in my memory. Um, <laughs> I was home. I I was I, I took a personal day that day. I had some things to take care of in the afternoon, so I took off from work. And I was just like lounging about, you know, enjoying my day off. And I was like, nothing's gonna happen today. There's nothing to worry about. It's fine. And then this mu- father mucking trailer dropped, <laughs> and I I blasted it into every group chat I was in, no matter what the topic was. I I, I went on Twitter for the first time in six months just to retweet it for no context. I said it to people that were like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, you need to watch. I watched it like five or six times, just like back to back to back on every device. I dropped what I was doing. Every device, turn it on. That The, the weekend song hit and I was like, oh, it's so good. The, 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 oh, it's so good. Look, I'll say this. And I was the one thing, the one thing that bothers me about this interpretation of Miss Marvel, the one thing, it's only one thing. Is that that is that Jersey City looks like a lot like Atlanta in this show? Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know more than anyone. You wouldn't. Absolutely. You wouldn't know. Uh, New I, I, I'm going to talk about this when I talk about the DMZ later too. But like New York looks like a lot like Atlanta in the, in that show too. Um, but you know, it's it's so cool. It's so cool. The response to it was, I think, really wonderful. Um, the trailer is exact tonally exactly what I think yes. I wanted from the show. The the music played during the trailer, the way that, you know, the Marvel studios logo was in the thought bubble balloon for Kamala at the beginning of the, the trailer. She's in high school. I, I just loved it. I loved it. And 
And and say it, say it, say it. And I've been waiting for six, <laughs> eight months for the validation here. Nobody cares. But no I one, no one believes you. I freaking told you. No, we did. I told you. Look, they don't. They don't. You. They don't want to. They don't want to handcuff themselves to the corpse of the Inhumans TV show. So of you, course, you, right. were, you were completely right. They don't want to handcuff Let's, themselves to. Okay, so so okay, all the major players are there. You know, we got uh, we got somebody that looks like Bruno. We got a uh, we got a uh, um, a Zoe. Really? We got a Nakia. We got we got the whatever the the dad. Dagger, yep, the, the red dagger dude. Yeah. is, whatever his name is. Um, we got mom and dad. We got the brother. Looks like the guidance counselors are going to be a part of the show too. Uh, we got you know the the mosque scenes. It looks like we're going to Pakistan, which is awesome. Like. It checks all the boxes for exactly what I want from a Ms. Marvel uh, TV show. And it and between this and Moon Knight, it feels more cinematic than the shows last year. The shows last year were awesome, and I loved every single one of them. And I've actually done some, like, sit-down, straight-through rewatches of some of them recently. And so they've been so, so cool. Myself, yeah. yeah, but they feel like TV shows, you know, uh, with cinematic moments. Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel, the way that these look and the way that, like, the, the effects and everything I, and the trailers were cut, they feel so cinematic. And I think that we – well, I don't think. We know that – um. Kamala's going to jump over into the, the the Marvel's movie. So I think that they are putting a lot into this and I think it shows. Um, I loved it. I think it looks fantastic. I don't, I think the power change, I, I knew it was going to be that. There are lots of yeah, reasons Yeah, let's for talk it. about that for a second. Mm-hmm. So she gets what looks like bands. Now, my question is this. Who, who does she get those from? And she makes a reference to her powers maybe being cosmic. But we see her like creating almost um, – it reminded me very much of uh, Invisible Woman and the discs that she uses to like get around oh, and jump on cool. things. But yeah. she was creating like little uh, like crystal platforms. It wasn't embiggening powers. It was like straight up I was projectile like, platforms. I was getting like a Green Lantern vibe to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. The, these things are probably in her family for generations for, for whatever that reason. That was my thought. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking Shang-Chi and Ten Rings and I'm going there. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking well, – we set it off air so I'm not thinking. Yeah. It's probably Eternal stuff, which if you all mm-hmm. recall when we talked about the Eternals – and Fastos made those bands. I was like, those bands look like rings, which is the Shang-Chi yeah. thing. There you go. So I think they're all connected in that way. I love – here, in Far From Home – not Far From Home. What the hell was that Spider-Man no way called? Home. No, no Way, way Home. home. <laughs> you know, uh, Peter One – is like oh the tech in this in the tech in this universe is crazy you know like so I I think that um I I like the I like the I don't want to say reliance that's not the right word but I like the kind of adherence to the MCU's kind of focus on tech based or kind of cosmic power or you know the stones like everything was connected in that way where everyone's powers were coming from and everything so visually there was a kind of cohesiveness to it we haven't seen anything like the mr fantastic uh, or ms marvel stuff yet um except media wise in terms of what people have already seen with the fantastic four movies. So I said this back when I was like, it's Negabands, which it isn't exactly, but it is what it is. Um, 
you know, the I think that I think that they it was a smart move to actually keep us away from that Mr. Fantastic stuff yes. until we get the Fantastic Four in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like this power set keeps her visually more cohesive with what I think they're going to be Carol doing with Monica. Monica and Carol in that movie too. Now, also there's a uh, there's a website that publishes the episodes titles of television shows because they get that information. So they want to give people that, that shot. There's an episode called Lockjawed. What are we thinking? I'm thinking that those titles probably aren't real. Okay. Yeah. They might be shooting titles. Oh, who knows? They, they're not using the inhumans. They could use Lockjaw. They could lock, right. You don't have they to use the inhumans, lockjaw. but uh, the images of, of Kamala and Lockjaw are so much fun. They've been all over the place. If, if lock, if they manage to pull Lockjaw just as something from that dark yeah. time with the Inhumans, and that's all the, the crossover, the all the transfer part. that yeah. we get. It is the best yeah, part of that absolutely. show. I would lose my mind if Lockjaw showed up in this. Yeah. yeah. I love oh, everything awesome. about this trailer. And Joey, as soon as I started seeing with, with her with the bracelets, which she wears in the comics too, it's now just a different origin. It is, it right. is perfect. It is that set in high school. She's a regular girl who's a fangirl. And those emotions about how that works and, and the idea of a regular person being a hero in the same way that Stan and Steve Ditko's Spider-Man was that. Yeah. It's all right there. It's all playing out. It is just absolutely wonderful. And I'm... Did you notice, by the way, the little placard on the guidance counselor's desk Mm-mm. it's yeah. GWW. oh mm-hmm. that's cool the the but but unlike we got the circle peter, q come on it's all there circle q yeah. yeah but unlike unlike peter parker and unlike you know whatever and it's the same thing why i love the kate bishop character and and what they did with hawkeye too is there is a joy in this yes. show and this trailer about Kamala Khan finally like I'm a superhero you know like do you know what you are I'm a superhero like I just that is exactly what she would say like it, it captures the tone and spirit of the book to a T and and that's what we want you know right. some um, particulars yeah. to, to nitpick over not important the tone and character of the characters themselves yeah. are right there to be I love seen. The color, I love the the I, the way it was shot. Some of the trippier sequences. You get some Bollywood really, really going really on. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're, it's okay. got a little bit of a um, an Edgar Wright vibe. Yeah, to it, the Scott yes. Pilgrim kind of stuff, yeah. which makes sense. Um, you guys ever see or be introduced to like? Because this is the first time that we're seeing uh, Imani in action doing this you know, doing her Ms. Marvel. Have you ever seen like an actor or an actress that reminds you so much of somebody that you cannot unsee that person in them? You no, know what I mean? I, I guess, well, but give us an example. Kamala, the actress playing Kamala, it, like the, her voice and her facial expressions look exactly like my friend Chris's sister, Melanie, when she was. Of course. We, of, I, I would, school. I would agree. <laughs> it is it is on like it dawned on me i think on the third time i was like why am i like why do i feel like i'm so familiar with this character and this is the first time i'm seeing it. i'm like oh my god it's melanie mm. <laughs> holy crap like her voice the faces she makes especially when she's with the counselor and they're talking about her future like holy crap anyway um 
overall, I'm I'm just I'm so 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 excited for this. Between like Joey said, between Moon Knight and this, I think this the second wave, like as good as the first wave of shows were, I think that we're really going to start to see some crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, from these series. I saw a great thing too. Someone was because obviously you know the internet was like, but the powers are different. Um, and I saw someone <laughs> say something really great too that was like, you know, the comics medium. G. Willa Wilson and Sana Amanat were like, we're not giving her, we're not giving her pretty powers because on the comic book page, you know, there's a certain aesthetic to it, and doing the kind of embiggening, Mister Fantastic stretching and and body dis- body morphia kind of body morphing kind of thing that that she does in the comics is a very comic booky kind of visual device. Once you switch over to the TV show, the visual medium, yeah. like movies, television, that demand changes, you know? And like I said, I think that this shift services the story and services the universe that she needs to operate in, I think, a lot better. I, I also they- think that seeing it in action in the trailer and actually watching like some of – not all, but some of the way that it functions – really puts things into perspective because when we got that image, like that early concept art image with just that crystalline stuff around her arm, like that was a bit of a grody image for, for fans of the character. Like that was a bit of a, a heart stopper. Like what are they doing? But now actually seeing it, at least for me, like I just, I think it looks good and I'm into it. So I don't, if they've got to change it, this is a good way to do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with the powers being different. That doesn't bother me at all. I What bothers me for different reasons is – well, it doesn't bother me. But what I wish weren't, wasn't the case is that it was technology-based only because I more so – especially with Teen Heroes, I more so enjoy when the powers are – who they are instead of what they have. Well, we don't know if it's going to be like a tech-based thing, like Peter Parker getting a suit from Tony. I think it might be... Does the the bracelet enhance... Kamala's yeah. own genetics or whatever. We we have to I wait. Is it something that like she's given and it yes. doesn't activate until it's in her possession yes. because she's yes. the one? I want it to. It, I, that's exactly what I want it to be. I like it when they do those sort of correlations between them coming into their own and their powers manifesting in a certain way, or it being a reflection of the changes that they're going through as they're becoming who they're going to be. All those things, and I just don't. That's harder to do when it's technology based as opposed to just. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was one of the. Up. Well, I know you. I know how you feel about the Tom Holland Peter Parker, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay with Tom Holland's Peter Parker. <laughs> Not his decision making process, though. No. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, I'm, I'm excited about it, though. I um. I was trying to figure out how to say this without it seeming like I'm being negative. I love that she's a real girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that she is not someone who walks off the pages of whatever magazine or or like some Instagram filtered, you know, teen former model who you know you'll never see walking down the street. Um, yeah. I legitimately think that's going to help her relate to so many people, which is I think what made the character on the page so relatable. She wasn't this statuesque thing with, you know, walking around with like a shining bathing suit, bathing suit on and, you know, thigh high boots, et cetera, et cetera. No shade to Carol. <laughs> they, but, they pinch. <laughs> as, she, as, as Kamala said, first off, these boots pinched. Didn't anyone tell me that? 
So, you know, I just, I like that. Also, one of the things that I was, I don't know why I didn't remember this before. I don't, they won't be able to do it here. Maybe they won't. I liked that. It was when I was reading all the, listening to all the Marvels, Joey, I was thinking about you. I forgot the beginning of her story where she pretended to be white. Yeah. Yeah. When when she busts out of the thing and turns into Carol. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that would have been an interesting sort of storyline in today's climate. But, (laughs) but in any event, I think I'm excited about it. I agree with you guys. I think this is going to add another dimension. I think all the shows from this past year added different dimensions. I think this one is going to add a street level dimension. Mm hmm. To it because I don't think any of the previous shows did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Fucking a little bit. Uh, it yeah. was more so spy world though. Yeah. It was as opposed to I mean, when I say street level, I mean like you know your next door neighbor's got superpowers. Sure, 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 sure. You know, so in this yeah. case, Joey, Joey's next door neighbor. Uh, yeah, if I live down in in Atlanta, Georgia. dude. The, <laughs> the problem is the problem is the streets aren't that wide. Like that is just like yeah, the first thing. I thought you were gonna say they're not that clean. <laughs> that too. That too. Dude, Jersey City. Like the mayor came out and was like, "Yo, we're just gonna do street cleaning instead of two, instead of four times a week. We're gonna do it twice a week so that you don't have to move your car." And he thought it was gonna get him a ton of points. Like, oh, you don't have to move your car that often. And everyone just like shat on him. He was like, "The streets are filthy." Like. What are you talking about? Like, we don't mind. Like, there's shit everywhere. Um, I just, I, I, there, there's that, like the, 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 the waterfront scenes, the beautiful mm-hmm. Jamie McKelvey yeah. kind of inspired image at the end of the trailer, which is just like, Mwah. you know, it's, I cried a little bit while and inspired, at it. not, not a direct line. Right, inspired. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> um, the, the, he'll get a thank you, but not yeah. a check. Yeah. Um, it's not that art exactly yeah, or anything exactly. like that. Yeah. Um, that waterfront image, I think it, like I can go down and I could, you, I could show you that right now. But it's obviously a blue screen, you know, like mm. I, they didn't shoot that or they shot like some reference photos or things like that, which, look, I get it. You know, it's where things get shot these days. But I, I but I also know it's not it, you know, uh, like her backyard. I'm like, well, you got that backyard around here. Get out of here. Like <laughs> <laughs> my backyard, like I have a deck on the back of my apartment. It is two feet wide. <laughs> like you, you can put like a stool on it and that's it. So, so we talking more like. <laughs> The Tom Cruise Spielberg War of the Worlds, little postage stamp backyards with a fence and yes, row houses. That's next more to each other. Okay, that's I, that, what that, we've got. That opening scene, that scene, that like action scene where she jumps out the window and doesn't yeah. flip off of a tree. I'm like, the trees in Jersey City are the kind that they like plant in the sidewalk every two years, <laughs> and they so they're, they don't yeah. live. <laughs> yeah. they're like maybe eight feet tall. Um, do they replace those every two years? No, 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 no. The, 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 well, what happens is like they grow and they break the sidewalk, so they have to take them out. And then, you know, anyway, it looks fantastic. I'm very excited for it. I, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to do the reread just like I did with the, I, when I read uh, Lemire's Moon Knight stuff to catch up, I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read uh, mm-hmm. the, the Wilson run probably. Nice. This Very this and cool. Moon Knight feel like the first two that are detached from the movies. You know, like Loki was movies. That's Captain true. America. These feel like I mean I know that Miss Marvel or is going to show up in Marvels, but there's no direct link right now. And these two feel like the first two shows that are going to stand on their own without mm. a link. And I'm excited. I, I think I think they both look fantastic. I can't Ooh, wait for that. Will... I can't wait for the first scene for you know you see some statuous woman walking away. <laughs> from Kamala's house. 
I'm going to turn around and it'll be a bald Medusa. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'll definitely get some cameos in this one. I'm wondering wondering what the cameo situation is going to be for Moon Knight, John. Now that you mentioned that, it is the first one that is an original character not connected to like a cameo kind of situation. I don't think there's going to be any. Both Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac said they attracted him to it was it was disconnected from the Marvel Universe. Isn't he beating up a werewolf? And that right. yeah. he's pummeling a werewolf, which is it may be. Uh, yeah. They they could build they could build off of Moon Knight back into the MCU, okay. but that doesn't mean that this has to be directly linked. I'll throw Blade in there. Oh, I'll be just thinking that. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. But, and with but, his little Black Knight lackey, but I wouldn't that link to yeah. uh, what's his name uh, from yeah. the Eternals? Yeah, yeah. John Snow. Um, <laughs> I think that I well we I, Bree is probably going to show up. In has to, she has the last has episode. To. I could see that. No, I'm not going to give you last episode, John. I'm going to give you episode five of. Six. There you go. There you go. <laughs> She's going to come in. She's going to do a little cameo, and and uh, is, then, is it going to be actually her or her on like a TV or something? Oh yeah, it's definitely going to be like blue screen. Like you know, they're not. They're never going to be on this on this on the shot together. <laughs> I'm well, they're making the movie. Them. They might be able That's to do true. something. That's true. No, I'm going to agree with Joey only because if you follow the formula, episode five is where all the chips are going to be down and someone's going to need to motivate Kamala. And then next thing you know, Bree's going to show up and this she's suddenly going to get the yeah. the kickstart she needed. And then that's what then episode six is going to be the reckoning. Yeah, you've got this kid. Episode yeah. five. Episode five of what if Hawkeye was Kingpin. Episode five of Loki. Did Jonathan Major show up at the end of that episode or at the beginning of episode six? I don't remember. End of the episode. End of the episode. The next last episode of WandaVision. No, you're right. right, Agnes taking her through her entire history Uh to set up the finale. Yep. And the second to last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) What if it's not Brie? What if it's Monica? I think it might be both. Yeah. Ooh, or what if it's Hawkeye? What if they do like a whole Young Avengers? What if they all roll up? Florence Pugh just shows up. Pew, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm contractually obligated to be in everything now. <laughs> what if it's Lockjaw? That's, that's the Lockjaw. Lockjaw. Oh, wait. Ooh. I know what. Episode five was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, that's right. Ooh. What if Vin Diesel finally gets to play Black <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. now we're now we're, now we're reaching. Now we're just Sorry. It out. <laughs> do we want to do the rest of the news, or do we want to talk well, about? I, I want to do one more thing on this topic before we go to the rest of the news. Let's say I I work with a fellow who's never going to listen, so it doesn't matter. We started. <laughs> no. He started. He, he started. He started an argument in the front of the house with the two ladies I work with over like, what is this show about? Who even cares? Who's it for? And he was told. You know, if you keep up this, just wind up arguments about stuff that obviously everybody cares about but you, you can spend the rest of the day outside in the rain. We're going to lock <laughs> you out of the back of the store. So he actually comes back into, into my office, and I'm watching it for the fourth or fifth time. Well, what's this show for? It's just like for girls? I went, uh, no, it's for everybody. I've been reading this, and everyone I know has been reading this since it came out. It's one of the most honored and well-done books of the last 20 years. Do you get it that the world isn't all about, I don't know, white guys? 
<laughs> and then he laid down, face down on the ground. Yeah, he just like, walked into the other room where like, there was nobody. So you go like commercial. That's, a, with that's a metaphor. That's yeah. a metaphor. Yeah, it's like guy, just go away. Don't you get it? This sh- this is a show that energizes everyone. You know, I was really excited and and pleased by the reaction from people that I sent it to, and everybody was there like, "This looks so cool. Sign me up." So I don't know, might be. Might be a sign of things coming. It's changing. Things are finally changing, maybe, and this will do it. Okay, Steve, back to you. Sorry. <laughs> Kamala's going to be the one. She's going to be the one to unite us and all. she was in the comics. Um, let's do some books. Oh. For, for, and we'll, we'll come back to the rest of the news stories. Um, I'm going to go. So, hmm. last week, I mentioned that I was going to pick up a book called Slumber, and I did just that. I read Slumber Number 1, written by Tyler Burton Smith, illustrated by Vanessa Cardinale, colors by Simon Robbins, and letters and design by Steve Wands. Okay, so here's the setup. People are going to sleep. People are waking up. They're waking up in other houses. They're waking up with weapons in their hands and dead bodies all around. What is going on? People are sleepwalking and killing their neighbors, making them victims. It's not good. But if you want, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. You're going to call Stetson. Yeah, you're going to call Stetson, the dream detective, who also happens to be this, this person who is capable. They have the technology to pull up like a Monsters, Inc. style doorway and go inside of your dreams and hunt down and murder whatever it is that's terrorizing you to get rid of your nightmares. And this is how they make their money and this is how they get paid. Uh, They slay everything from demon chefs to uh, zombie versions of the Beatles and like turkey monsters. It is is all very entertaining. Uh, there is a like a big bad going around and there's something going down where there the the big bad is hunting down Stetson but Stetson can't get to them because they're busy searching other people's dreams for this villain. Um she's taking pills to stay awake so that she keep she can keep diving into dream after dream after dream to find this thing. And so there's this like cat and mouse theme going on throughout the story. Let me tell you about the art, okay? This is not a visual show, so I can't just post stuff for people to look at. So we have to describe or compare it to other things. So allow me to do just that. Imagine if you took the faces of Kate Beaton with the body language of Riley Rossimo and the whimsy of Scotty Young. And that's what you get when you have uh, Vanessa Cardinale doing the art. Uh, It's got some real Bill and Ted's bogus journey energy going on to it, specifically the part where they're in hell and they're being tormented, and that's like the chaotic fever dreamy part where Bill and Ted are being chased by the grandmother and the drill instructor and the bunny. <laughs> uh, it's all very weird and very fantastical, uh, a little violent, a little rude, but like like I said, Kate Beaton faces. Like it has this newsy, comic booky look to it uh, that is just awesome. And the, the color palette is really uh, spectacular as well. I think one of the things why it's reminding me so much of Rosmo is because of the the placencia like colors that it has. But it's just 
it's fascinating. Like I don't want to, I don't want to ruin anything for people that want to check this out, but just the way that going into the dreams works and what that does to Stetson's mission to hunt down this thing. The fact that they can't meet on mutual ground, like this thing is also looking for Stetson. It can't just go and invade her dreams because she's not sleeping. She's taking pills to stay awake and hunt in more people's dreams and stuff like that. And so they're, they're, they're just missing one another. And it's, it's really, really cool. It's a really unique setup for a story. It's, you know, a little reminiscent of some stuff that I've seen before, but doing enough new with it to make it a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. I haven't really found like too many new, new series this year. And this is one of the first ones that really stood out to me. And I, I'm really anxious to get the next issue. It was very, very cool. Uh, between this and Bolero, like those are the two of the coolest things that I've read uh, so far in 2022. Uh, the other thing that I dove into, and I don't want to talk about it too much because I know that some aren't uh, caught up. But I went back and I read some Strange Academy. I read issues 11 through 17. So this was and won our award show uh, last year for best overall comic. And let me tell you something. I agree with <laughs> with the way that things turned out. Like I know like the voting system, things can sway in a certain comics direction, but like there's a reason why this ended up taking that category. And I'm so glad that it did, you know, for all the reasons that we talked about it before, but I don't know how many issues you are behind, but there is some crazy, crazy stuff. I never expected this series to focus so much on Kelvin. Uh, Calvin is the one that has the magic jacket oh. that's at the, at the Academy. Take some yeah. turns. Yeah. And so I'm trying not to spoil too, too much, but basically something ends up having to, to Calvin where he becomes depowered and he already felt like he was at a, an, at a disadvantage going into this Academy. And then this thing happens where he gets depowered and he just feels completely and totally betrayed. Um, by magic and by the people that are trying to teach him, especially when he finds out why he lost his powers. That's a, it's a big part of this. And it kind of changes the way that you can look at Dr. Strange specifically, but like what they're doing at the school, what are they building there? What is its real purpose? Stuff like that. And Calvin ends up getting into some really nasty business because being in a magic school while being depowered is, you know, it's a terrible position to be in. All your peers are off doing casting their spells and everything, and you have this inferiority complex. What do you do to fix that? Uh, you meet a, to my knowledge, a new villain character named Gaslamp, who is basically a magic pusher, and he can basically grant wishes, and only the first wish is free. So, like, he'll give you a little taste but then you got to come back and you have to pay the price for his services. And so Calvin, as a part of the exchange, ends up becoming like a, a wish pusher for this like drug lord of magic. And he brings it into the school. And it's just it it's crazy where this series has gone, even from when we were reading it for the awards. That Like there's so many things There's stuff with Kid Dormammu, Doyle going on. Uh, and Emily is just such a spectacular character. She's totally wrong in one of the instances in this in this arc, but oh my god, is it so well written? She's incredible. 
Uh, skipping to the end without spoiling anything at all, I was really upset when I got to the end of this comic because on the last page, I saw the words that we all hate to see when we love something so, so, so much. Instead of to be continued, it said to be concluded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's ending with the next issue. Season one, maybe. I'm telling you, you need to get if when you can get caught up, get caught up because the cliffhanger that we are left at at the end of 17, I don't know if there's I I hope that there's more. I hope that there are plans, but like they very easily could end it here, but they absolutely cannot lose these characters. These characters are too incredible. There was too much character building throughout the course of these, I guess, 18 issues. Uh, it's just, it's an outstanding series all around. And the art, like as much as we praised it for the the awards and stuff like that, it the gas lamp stuff is so unbelievably cool. And the whole like New Orleans aesthetic that this book has uh, really, really just is so incredible. Do you want me to crush you a little bit? <laughs> I'm already feeling it, so go ahead and do it. In a recent announcement, Marvel Comics has revealed that the upcoming Strange Academy number 18 will be the end of the new Magical School's first semester with a new set of creative team taking the helm for the school's second semester. I'm out. this summer. <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> what is yet? If it is here. Who? Who? Do they mention the creators? They have not stated it, but, you know, if it's, All right. if it's somebody like Mike Del Mundo or something... <laughs> Del Mundo would be a nice fit. I haven't seen Del Mundo on a, anything. He did a Strange ages. Academy special. Uh, They're gonna get a no. Never mind. Chris Bocciolo? I said NK. That would be cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's gonna be. I mean. They're gonna have to. It's gonna be really hard to change. I think artists more than writers. Olivia Coipel. No, oh, don't, don't you tease me. No, no, no. They're going to stay with that kind of like Jorge Corona has got a young aesthetic. I hope so. Because I think, I mean, it is not. I think what I enjoyed about it was that it lended itself to the wacky, magical, you know, shapes and sizes and colors of the creatures. And, you know, it, it didn't seem like it was so. Com- but at the same time, the characters that we recognize that they didn't seem completely out of character visually. Mm-hmm. So it, it was it drew that yeah. balance. You know, Stephen Strange still looked like Stephen Strange. You know, uh, magic still looked like magic, but you had these other kids that looked so overemphasized in so many ways. I just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I wonder. It's going to be by Phil Noto. <laughs> Jerry Dugan and Phil Noto, Team <laughs> Supreme. So we'll see, I guess, what happens with that. But man, is it, it, it is finishing strong. Good. If we've only got one issue left, like this, this arc. They've all been good. This last one just really, really, really uh, pumped it up a lot. And I'm I was so devastated when I saw the the bottom. I was like, no! I guess I'll have to suffer through comicsology to get that one then. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. Or I'll wait three my months. Jo- my jaw It'll dropped. It'll be on Marvel Unlimited in a couple say, months. That's how I read months. it. That's how I read it. So I'm always a, got two or three months behind you. I got I to round out my collection anyway because, you know. 
Yeah, that I one agree, I, yeah. I could see myself going back and reading and from I want a nice like omnibus version of that, a nice collected hardcover version. Oh, if you want an omnibus, you know Marvel's gonna provide it. Yeah. <laughs> they omnibus everything. <laughs> Give us a hundred I hope so for this one. Yeah, for a hundred bucks. Yeah, for you need a new you it. need a second mortgage for this one. Um I just picked up that uh oversized third volume of uh Deadly Class. The oh, big nice. like hardcover oversized. Yeah, I need to get I need to get into that. I need to binge that. I fell so so far behind. I think I only read like maybe four or five oh, arcs so of good. that. I know, man. I gotta I gotta dive back in. I gotta start from the beginning. Yeah. Just marathon it. Mm. Um. Oh yeah. Quickly, I, I'll I'll go through these really quick. I um I watched a bunch of the Batman movies. I finished building the Batmobile from the Batman, the Technic Lego set. Uh, I'll set it before I'll say it again. Hardest thing that I've ever put together in Lego. Uh, I don't know if that's like by design from the Technic sets that says 10 plus, like 10 years or older. <laughs> I don't know. I had to take this thing. I dismantled this thing probably about five times before I felt good about it. And there was definitely a period like a third of the way in where the the car is kind of crooked because you haven't put like the opposing pieces in to level it off. And I was getting real nervous for a while and you kind of have to build past <laughs> that and eventually get it to all even out. But anyway, I finished it. It's badass. It lights up in the front. It lights up in the back. Uh, it's really, really cool. I got it sitting on my shelf in my office now. But while I was building it, I watched more of the Batman movies. I watched Batman 66. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Oh, Adam West and Burt Ward. <laughs> that movie. I I I might I might dig my heels into it just for a second, but I just want to say from the top, I love that movie <laughs> so much. I do. I love it so much. But one of the things that it's amazing how like as much as you've seen one thing, you're constantly changing your views of the world, the way that you you see things changes. And so I'm watching this movie for the first time in a probably a very long time. Certainly, I haven't watched it since I've moved to Canada. So it's been at least five years. Wow, five years today. Now that I think about it. Um, and so what really blew my mind in this movie was, first of all, the performances are so over the top and they're so great. But the way that people kind of treat Batman in this series and, and in this movie in particular, where him and the boy wonder are going to the Batcopter, everything is named Bat something in <laughs> Bat this shark movie. It's great. Bat shark, the Bat wake, the Bat gas, uh, the the bat water dispenser or whatever like it just it never as the poles that they slide down and they're just changed when they like what happens in the middle of that process giant robot hands tear all their clothes off yeah they change uh, i love that they never tell you it just is but anyway my point being like they're running to the bat copter and when they're taking off the backcopter, there's all these women in bikinis, like <laughs> bopping around the helipad, and they're all waving to them and stuff. And as they're as they're taking off, they there's four cops walking through like a park or something, and they look up and they see Batman and Robin, and they all give him a salute. 
And he does this thumbs up gesture <laughs> from the Batcopter. And it reminded me of, I think it was Clooney who does that in one of the Schumacher Batman movies. Yeah. He, like he does yeah. it from the Batplane. And I just remember always thinking to myself, like, they can't see you from down sure there. What can. are you giving them the thumbs up for? Come on. He didn't see you. But so they're saluting Batman. And then meanwhile, there's this guy sitting in the park having a, a picnic lunch with his uh, with his partner. And he just goes, gosh, you know, uh, sure makes a fella feel good to know that those boys are out there doing their job. <laughs> and I'm sitting there on my couch by myself in an empty house with nothing but my cat and my Legos. And I'm like, that's not their job. What the f- What are you talking about, man? Like, they're not there to work for you. Like, they're doing this out of the goodness of their, you know, vigilantes. <laughs> oh, my God. And just the uh, Boy Wonders prudishness when in these scenes where Batman or where Adam West and Miss Kitka are, you know, making out. Oh, and let me tell you, the Miss Kitka Russia angle really. (laughs) Go ahead. She was Miss America 1955. She's great. Mm -hmm. She's great. I love I'm ripping into this movie a little bit. I love every frame of it. It is so wildly entertaining. All the performances. Commodore Schmidlap, for Christ's sake. Dude has been at sea for how long? He's such a celebrated captain and doesn't know the difference between he sticks his nose out of the porthole and he's like, ah, smell that sea air, my boy. And it's just like, how do you not know the difference? Man, it's a fucking painting. Come on. Come on, Commodore Schmidlap. Suspension of disbelief. Come on. Oh, man. Burgess Meredith running around as Schmidlap, you know, at one point in the movie. Yeah, my boy. Like, just so amazing. Uh, you get, so, you so good. Romero and Gorshin, too. It's pretty, oh my pretty God. special. You, you want to hear a crazy thing about that? The, the sure. television show premiered in January of 66. Not in September. It was a mid-season replacement. That movie was yep. out that summer. Well, because they did like an episode a day, it seemed like. Oh, yeah. They, they, well, they had two episodes a week. Yeah, they burned out, basically. Yeah. They but that movie was out that summer. My mom took me to that. I was 10. They actually gave you a comic book when you went to the movies. Can you imagine? What a, what a brilliant thing to do. Gave you the, the current detective comics to walk out with. Um, I've, and also, the last thing I'll say about Batman 66, I've never seen Batman hornier. <laughs> there is a part in this movie where he basically, he's so, he's so excited to go and on his date with Miss Kitka. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Exactly. <laughs> he's very excited. Like just, the original Batman. There's something... <laughs> There's something in his voice and there's something in the way that like at one point they're trying to plan for the night and he basically is just like, screw it. Like, let's just dive in. Let's just go. And I'm like, wow, he is being super brash. And I just I think it's funny when having just watched the Nolan movies and seeing the way Christian Bale does the whole Playboy Bruce Wayne thing where he. He's doing it just for the visual of it and just to keep up the farce in those movies. Like he is obviously not interested. Like as soon as they leave that place, 
those women are going home and he's he's going off to do Batman things. Well, I'll, I'll, let me, let, uh, that is yeah. not the case well, with Adam let, West. Let, let me jump in as the old TV guy. There was a show on yeah. just before Batman premiere called Burke's Law with Gene Barry, who is guess most famous for being in the 53 War of the Worlds. He's a police captain who is also a millionaire who was driving up to crime scenes with his Rolls Royce and a chauffeur. And he was a playboy police captain. And that aesthetic, I, I have no doubt, it was also on the same note, it was on ABC, that that informed how they were going to play all the Bruce Wayne stuff through all the episodes. Definitely, he is he is a very randy playboy. He is everywhere he needs to be. Yeah. Um, I'll go through the other ones really, really quick. But just Batman 66. Rewatch. Such a... Such a great thing to jump back into, and and those villain performances, ah, oh, so 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 amazing. Steve, uh, Steve just while you're, yeah. I'm gonna since you love that, I'm gonna highly highly recommend that you. Do you have HBO Max? I can't. We no, we uh, don't have HBO Max. We have Crave. I was gonna say if you can find uh, Batman versus Two Face. Oh, awesome! Uh, the animated one. Yes. Carolyn and I, I nearly know. peed ourselves when we saw that at a at New York Comic Con. William, Sh- William Shatner. Yep, it's just. I don't think alley. I've seen that. It's so funny, and it's exactly up the alley of what you're talking about. It's it's modeled after the the actually no, they were uh, what's his name Bruce Ward, uh, Dick, whatever his name was, not Ward Bird Ward. Ward. Um, at what's his Adam name? West, Adam West, and the other and one Bird Ward. Bird Ward. Thank you. They were uh, yeah. there. They were. Did the voices? It was it was meant to, uh, if I remember this correctly, it was meant to be an episode of the regular show. It was written by Harlan Ellison, and they never they never got to do it. It's so funny yeah. and so homoerotic. It's so yes, funny. yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, okay, super super quick because I'll, I'll somebody else can go too. But um, watch both of the Burton Batman's. Fuck yeah. Jack Nicholson's Joker is really, really good. Um, never really realized how much of the Batman Burton set is is very fake and very painted. Um, it was I don't know if it's something about the quality that I was watching the movie in, but that stuff was very obvious. This this it's watch, the whole thing's a um, stage, yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. yeah. Still, still though, like very cool, great soundtrack. Uh, Batman Returns. It's so Batman good. Returns. It's really good. I also did not remember how unbelievably inappropriate Danny DeVito's oh, yeah. Penguin is <laughs> throughout that trick. movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like it is. It is nonstop. Yeah. yeah. Like whenever he's not monologuing about his plan, literally every other word out of his mouth. Certainly, whenever he speaks to any women, is like I cannot believe that they got away with some <laughs> well, of this. That's why he didn't get to do the third one. Let's be honest. Yeah. We've got a movie with filled with that. We have Michelle Pfeiffer in a latex cat suit with a whip, and they were trying to sell Happy Meals at Burger King with her on the cups. <laughs> no, that that movie is that work. movie is really dark too. Yes, yeah, it, it is. is. It's really, really intense. Walken just chews oh. up every scene he's in. Oh, he's great. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, he's great. He's he's yeah. That, those movies are really and man, Batman. Batman takes some people out 
Oh yeah, especially oh, yeah. in Returns, yeah. like it happens a little bit in the, in that first mode. In the second one, like when he takes he takes that time bomb the guy's and just sticks it in the guy's belt, and he walks away, and the guy explodes. Like, oh my god! Well, he has to go talk to Gordon. He doesn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> Batman. How about when he does with the Batmobile? Where he fries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was just about to say when he takes off with the yeah. Batmobile, all the fire comes out in the back, and the guy just like, like oh my god. You gotta watch the that, you gotta watch the Schumacher ones now. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. I also. I also. Uh, my friend Brad hadn't seen the Batman yet, so we actually went to the IMAX, uh, and I saw it in IMAX. Funny thing about that: the big deal about IMAX is that it's you know full screen, fifty five feet of movie magic. This thing was letterboxed. Oh no! Wow. It was letterboxed. You can't charge me for IMAX tickets and then letterbox the damn movie. What are you doing? I'd have gone up and complained about that. You should have. You had the technical expertise. Go for it. Seriously, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty eye opening. But um, I still love that movie. I had a. It was really cool to watch it again and kind of rewatch scenes that I maybe felt like I had missed stuff or whatever, or thinking about some of the criticisms from our conversation and going into the movie again. Um, I just, I still love it. I, I think it's a great Batman movie. And uh, that is my super extended lightning round. Um, just to remind, <laughs> remind everybody that was slumber. Number one, highly, highly recommend going to check that out. It's really cool. And uh, Strange Academy, do it. Enroll yourself today. Because it's closing <laughs> yep. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, you guys got to catch up. Ah, I want to talk about it so bad. <laughs> ah, really good stuff. Thanks a lot, Comixology. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Comixology, you jerks. Bastards. <laughs> uh, John, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I started reading X Lives of Wolverine uh, and X Deaths of Wolverine, which is uh, a supposedly it was billed as dueling miniseries. It's not that at all. Um, X Lives of Wolverine, Ben Percy, Joshua Casera, um, Frank Martin on colors, and Corey Pettit on letters. X Deaths of Wolverine. I only read one through three of lives and one and two of, of deaths because they got sidetracked, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, deaths is Ben Percy, Federico Vincente with Martin and D, D. Joe Lima on colors and Corey Fettit on letters. Now, lives is really awesome. It's a walk through the history of Logan going back to origin, um, going back to um, Task Force X. Uh, going back to when Wolverine met his one of his true loves, and that eventually begat Dakin, his son. But we're going through all these lives of Wolverine as he protects Professor Xavier and Xavier's extended family because they are continually being attacked by Omega Red. And it's a really cool look at the long life of Wolverine. The artwork is stunning. If you thought Cassera was killing it on X-Force... His this these books are gorgeous, and it's it's really cool. It 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 hits the young Logan. It hits the the '90s Logan. It hits the the 1940s Logan. All of those are in play, and it's a really cool story. Death. We talked about this last week. Joey and I mentioned this. 
the X-Men books feel disjointed. X-Deaths of Wolverine is a sequel to Inferno. And it's about, it's about <laughs> Moira McTaggart wow. on the run from Mystique. And the only hint of Wolverine, at least in the, the issues that I've read, is you have this techno-organic infected Wolverine trailing Mor- Moira as she's on the run. And it it does not fit with X-Lives at all. And I don't know if these are going to pinwheel into something. But if you go back to the back of the the reading order, it says read X lives and then read X deaths. And then, you know, you're supposed to alternate this. It doesn't need to be that. It doesn't read that way. And it's kind of annoying that that the X-Men books, we talked about them. I still love X-Men. I still love a lot of what's going on, but they just feel like they do not have a plan and they are just sticking things places and we, as the readers, don't know where they are. And guess what? We, the readers, are no longer reading every X book because there's so many of them. And so I'll, I'll read this. I'll read this. But I would read, if you just want a great Wolverine story, and Benjamin Piercy's Wolverine has been a great little book in this X universe, go read X Lives. You will not be disappointed. X Deaths, if you really need to know what happened to Demora McTaggart and you want to see Mystique get blown up a few times, here's a book for you. Um, next, I read World's Finest, Batman Ooh. Superman, World's Finest number one by dun, da, 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 Mark Wade and Dan Mora, Mora and Tamra Bonvion and Adiita Bidkar on letters. Now, anybody who knows Mark Wade wrote the greatest flash run in the history of flash with the greatest flash of all time, Wally West. And he wrote kingdom come. He did some of the best work at DC on the Legion of superheroes. We were talking about the Legion of superheroes last week. Then Dan Didio came to DC and maligned Wade and Morrison on 52, their weekly book. And then Morrison and Wade had pitched a a Superman reboot of sorts that had, it sounded incredible from the, the, just the pitch that's leaked online, but Didio did not want to do it. He rewrote some of uh, Wade on new 52 or on 52. And so Wade quit DC he went to Boom for a while, and then he went to um, Marvel, but he stayed away from DC until Dan Didio left. And who got fired last summer? Dan <laughs> Didio. And Mark Wade has made his triumphant return to DC in one of the greatest books in the history of DC, World's Finest. This was the book the home of Superman and Batman's crossover adventures for decades. I loved this book. I remember you could find old uh, world's finest in like the quarter bins. Uh, It was still around pre-crisis and, and you know, you could always count on it as being a fun story. It might not always fit into continuity, but that didn't matter. And this book has that same feel to it. It opens not so long ago. You got Superman is still has a secret identity. I, I took it as Superman and Lois weren't married yet. 
uh, Tim Drake is Robin, and Metropolis is being attacked by Poison Ivy and Metallo. Metallo exposes Superman to some red kryptonite, 13 pieces, in fact. And anybody knows one piece of red kryptonite is going to change Superman into something he doesn't know. 13 pieces could drive him crazy. And it's a bond between Batman and Superman that kind of settles the situation. You see a backlog or a backstory of when they first started working together. And you got a, a little micro Dick Grayson, Robin, and he's 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 changed his uh, spadont to some jammers, so they're not quite as provocative as they might have been back in the day. But it's still you got the old costumes, you got Dan Mora's art is reminiscent of of like the nineteen nineties Norm Brayfogle uh, Batman books. It's just this first issue was everything I wanted it to be. And I hope that this two continue on this for some time. Don't trade them out. Don't change anything in six issues. Just let Mark Wade be Mark Wade and let Dan Mora be Dan Mora. And you will have a hit on your hands. I guarantee it. Because DC needs to listen to me. As <laughs> I'm going to climb on my soapbox here for a moment. I was lucky enough to get a copy of JLA Avengers. Whoa. I know. At cost. They're really going for like 500 bucks. Exactly. Here's, if you don't know, years ago, Kurt Busick and, and George <laughs> Perez were allowed to do a JLA Avengers crossover for prestige issue format. It is one of the greatest stories in comics history. Tell it. I know Bob talked about it a couple weeks ago. I'm not going to go too much into this story, but if it's got everything you want in a superhero story drawn by an absolute master of the medium who will not be with us by this time next year. Yeah. I am I I I I George Perez and John Byrne are my entry into comics. Those are I I loved comics. I've read Thousands upon thousands. But those two artists are my linchpin. Those are what I always, I remember the most of my early comic book days. Little chubby me sitting on the couch, eating cereal, reading comic books. George Perez's Teen Titans, John Byrne's X-Men, and then later Fantastic Four. Marvel and DC will not let this be reprinted or would not let this be reprinted. They, they, they have egos, they have infighting. I don't know what it is, but I have a great comic shop. Zach at Daydreams Comics, Iowa City. He got a couple copies of this and he knew I wanted one and he sold it to me at the, the, the cover price. That's a great guy. He, yeah. he could have easily put this on eBay and sold it for $500. I could easily put this on eBay and sell it for $500. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to shame anybody who's doing that. That is your choice. But Marvel and DC, they only let seven thousands of this be printed and they claimed it was because of paper. Well, guess what? Paper's going to be available in the near future. Print another 7,000. Print 100,000 of this. 
Keep this book in print constantly. And all profits you get from it, donate to cancer research in the memory of George Perez. Because we're going to lose them. And it's going to be a hard day for me. I, I remember when we lost Stan Lee. I remember when we lost Jack Kirby. Losing George Perez might have a bigger impact on me just because of the importance that he meant to me as a comic fan. And I am, I am actually upset that this book is not out there for anybody to find and that it's hard for people to get a copy that it's that you have to fork out three to $400 is obscene and that people are doing that. I hope it's because they want to support it. Cause I know some of them are giving money to charity. And I told Zach at, at my comic shop, if you want me to pay a hundred dollars for this or something and you donate it to heroes, I will. I'm thinking about, I have other copies of this. I might sell it and donate it, but Marvel and DC need to put aside whatever feud they have here, get this book in print, keep it in print. It should always be in print like so many other classic books out there and donate the, the proceeds to something in George Perez's honor. That's just, it seems like a no brainer and D Disney, if it's your turn to listen to me, you aren't having a very good week. Maybe this is some things that you could mm. do to correct some of the crap you're putting out in the universe too. And maybe karma might be a little bit kinder to you, but I, I just, I love this book. I love George Perez and it saddens me that not everybody has a chance to do this or read this and I am done. Yeah, it is, it is a thing that George did so much great work at both companies. Iconic characters done perfectly. And in this environment of consumerism yeah some people are gonna give, gonna give that money back and as you say john you can't fault someone who might be in a bad spot and they got a book for 30 dollars can sell it for 15 times what they paid for it yeah but that's not why this was reprinted it was to make this work be permanent in a way that it hasn't been in all these years the originals are going we're going for even more at one yeah some 1500 dollars for the original trade so you get Hero Initiative to do this wonderful thing, and then it's instantly hijacked by scavengers. Right. Very, very distressing. Very distressing. And as you say, this is something should always be in print in the way Watchmen is. Yeah. That you could always find this somewhere because it is perfection as storytelling from, from the two of them. It's just, just brilliant. Mm -hmm. It's two people who love the medium and know how to write superhero stories. Yeah. So many great moments. And on, on that note, Mark Wade's World Finest, love, love, love <laughs> this book. Uh, I mean, who isn't in this book at a certain point? I'm, I know. I, I'm, I'm looking through. I'm just leaking through. I was like, yeah, I, I have to pick this up because I know John's going to get it. And I, I sure want to support this. And get halfway through and there's, I don't know, the honest to goodness, except no substitutes, original Bob Haney, Dude. Arnold Drake Bruno Premiani Doom Patrol? Yeah. Come on. It's just great stuff. The the red K stuff, which is so much a part of, of, of Silver Age books. Uh, mm -hmm. loved, loved it. I hope I hope this is a smashing success. I want years of this. Yeah, me too. It's it's one of the best first issues I've read in some time. Now, do you think that's a silhouette of Steppenwolf on that one page? 
I kind of, I was kind of thinking that way. Yeah. It's either Blue Devil or Steppenwolf. <laughs> I'm thinking bad guy. So I, I was yeah, I'm thinking bad guy. Yeah. Oh, Mark yeah, Wade. You get a new world. Mark Wade. Oh, you get a new God stories out of this. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> that was. Uh, I think that might have been your best lightning round ever, John. Thank you. That was amazing. I like. I felt your passion. Yeah, I, I got I got all weepy here. I thought I was going to start to cry. No, that was some powerful yeah, stuff. It, I enjoyed it. It. it bothers me that you know we we're losing another generation of creators. Mm, yeah, yeah. Huh, who wants to follow that? <laughs> Joey. Joey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Is it time? Do I go? Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, very quickly, I just want to talk. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to um, uh, read or, or watch a lot the last couple of weeks. I had a very busy week, but I, I did catch the first two episodes of uh, the the new DMZ show that we talked about last week. Yeah, remember they dropped that trailer like eight days ago, and they were like, "Guess what? It's coming out <laughs> next week." Um, uh, they dropped all f- the. F- they dropped four episodes on HBO Max. I think last Thursday, I want to say. Um, so I was able to watch the first two. Uh, this is created by Robert Patino. Um, I think the big kind of like name attached to it was Ava DuVernay. She only directed the first episode. Um, Rosario uh, Dawson plays Alma Z Ortega, a medic who has spent the last eight years looking for her son uh, uh, in the demilitarized zone, also known as Manhattan, which mm-hmm. separates the, the free states of America from the United States of America doesn't really make sense though because like manhattan <laughs> is just like a little island and you can literally just like walk around it but anyway um, long island that's something uh, you know anyway it's like it's like yeah the united states stronghold is long island i'm like i don't <laughs> think that would be the case if anything but anyway i'm not gonna get into that um rosario dawson's in there as the lead um hoon lee is wilson lynn um hoon lee uh, i knew from um the, the show warrior that was on a couple of years ago that i loved actually they're coming out with a, a, a third season of which i'm really excited for ben ben uh, benjamin bratt is in there as parco delgado um, who like leads a gang up in uh, Spanish Harlem? Hunli leads the gang down in Chinatown, and they're like running to be like governor of the DMZ. Like that's like the that's the storyline of the first two episodes that I watch. Like Rosario Dawson's like I gotta go into the DMZ to like find my son. It's been eight years, and then she gets there, and it's like oh yeah, we're having an election between Benjamin Bratt and and Hunli, and it's like okay, cool. Um, uh, the, okay, here's what I'll say about this. The first episode, Ava DuVernay, um, she does a lot of really cool stylistic things with it. The, the, here's the thing that makes this show interesting. It's the premise. It's the conceit. This is a demilitarized zone. It's a place between these two worlds. It's this kind of dystopian second civil war thing. That's what people are tuning in for. Um And I think that a lot of the criticism I actually tend to agree with is that that all feels so secondary once we're 20 minutes into the first episode and the stakes don't feel that high because it's been eight years, Rosario Dawson, like your son has moved on, <laughs> you know, he's living his own life and he is living his own life. He is a character. You meet him by the end of the first episode, you'd know who her son is now. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, I, and here's where I kind of knew that the stakes didn't matter. 
in the first episode, Rosario Dawson is like, I got to find my son. And she's like, and the person that brings her into the DMZ is like, all right, we're leaving at 4 a.m. You got 18 hours. Find him. If you don't find him, we're out. And, and I'm like, okay, yes, yeah, stakes are high. She's on a timeline. Let's do it. Go find your son. Woohoo. And then like, she's like walking around. She's looking for her son. She goes on all these like kind of things and things happen. And then she gets to China down and she sits down with Wilson Lin. And she's like, so how you been? And I'm like, girl, you got four hours left. Like, you got to go find Pick your son. The stakes are high. And she's like, how have you been? How have you been? I, I want I want to hear about you. And I'm like, no one, no, find your son. Like, the stakes are high. And that was just the first episode. It, 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 the steam of it, you just lose. Like, the opening scene, DuVernay does some wonderful camera stuff with. And, like, you, you feel the panic that this civil war causes and the evacuations and everything and the construction of the DMZ. But then it kind of just becomes a, you know, escape from L.A. kind of thing with or a warriors, uh, a, a warriors kind of thing, which is like, oh, there's like rival gangs and they want to control the DMZ. And it's like all of that kind of political intrigue and um, kind of power play stuff that happened in the comic is kind of lost. Um and I just go back to what I was saying about Ms. Marvel, like the streets are too wide, but that's a whole other thing. Um, it, I, look, I, at the end of the second episode, there's like this kind of like twist that happens. Uh, it was, okay. it, I was like, oh, maybe I'll check out episode three. But a lot of my kind of impetus to watch kind of fell away as the, just the, the drive and stakes of the show didn't seem to be there. Um, but if you want to talk about high ass stakes, Star Trek Discovery Season four just finished. The season finale was last week. Um, that show I was talking about on the on the podcast last week with with um, a friend of the pod and Eisner Award winning Professor Carolyn Coca. Um, <laughs> that show start season four started uh, with like you know Michael Burnham. She's the captain of Discovery now, and they're kind of like doing their little side adventures, and then like. I was like, oh, I don't, nothing's really happening. They're like in the far future. For those that don't remember season three, like they jumped 900 years into the future till after the Federation. And they're like helping rebuild the Federation. And it's all hunky dory kind of. Um, and for the first couple of episodes, I was like, oh, I don't really see what the big kind of overarching narrative is here. I don't know what the big bad is. And then the stakes got high. This freaking wormhole thing black hole thing is going around destroying planets and it's like light years across it's gigantic and they find out it's being controlled on the other side by this new species of aliens that they've never met before so then it becomes like a first contact thing but should we kill them because they're destroying planets and then it's madness and then they get there and they have to like literally learn how to communicate with this species and they do math it's so crazy it's so crazy and the finale was wonderful i wept it's beautiful i cried star trek i i'm so glad i have discovery we've talked about it on the pod before like everyone has their entry point and for me it was star trek discovery and i've just enjoyed every second of this show i think it's really beautiful and then freaking stacy abrams shows up what? as the <laughs> as the president yeah, as the president of earth <laughs> yes she rolls up and she's like seems like you've been going through a lot michael burnham and michael burnham is like you know it (laughs) It, it's it's so it was so so beautiful i love discovery now i have to jump into picard um and strange new strange new worlds comes out in the summer i'm i'm really there's just so much wonderful star trek stuff um speaking of space there's my another segue here the one comic that i've been reading it's actually a graphic novel 
Um, I haven't finished yet. I'm only about halfway through, but I wanted to share it with everyone on the show. Um, it's called Across a Field of Starlight by a uh, writer artist named Blue Delaquanti. Um, and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful graphic novel. Um, here's the the kind of solicit. It's um, <clears throat> it's an epic sci-fi graphic novel romance between two non-binary characters as they find one another through time, distance, and war. When they were kids, Fasten's fighter spaceship crash lands on a planet that Lou's survey force was exploring. It was a forbidden meeting between a kid from a war-focused resistance and a kid whose community and planet are dedicated to peace and secrecy. Um, and then they, two of them, Lou, because they're a wonderful scientist puts together a communication device and they use it to communicate across a field of starlight get it across the many light years and they send each other messages and they continue to connect as this kind of empire this blossom empire is is kind of this looming maleficent force in the background um and as fasten kind of rises up in the resistance and lou rises up in their scientific discoveries their kind of relationship continues to evolve and and change um i'm about halfway through i am I adore it. I adore the characters. I love Blue's artwork. I think it is very reminiscent of like a um, kind of like a, a Kristen, kind of like a Kristen Gudsnuck, Raina Talgemeier kind of style, but obviously in this very sci-fi aesthetic. R- rich colors, really beautiful, wonderful line work. Um, it's really cool. I picked it up in my local bookstore. I think I said this on the podcast last week. That I was like, I, I was at the bookstore and I was looking on there like, you know, must read tables and this was a a really cool cover, a really cool um, graphic novel wreck. I picked it up and I went to the front. And I was like, yeah, I picked this up. I know nothing about it, but y'all never, you know, uh, steered me wrong with your graphic novel recommendations. And the dude at the cash register was like, I put them up there. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I, I love this. I love your books. I love everything you put out there. You've never steered me wrong. And I think he was very happy about that. So he has did not steer me wrong with this one either. Um, I'm hoping to finish it in the coming days. It's called Across a Field of Starlight by Blue Delaquanti. That's it. Sounds awesome. It's nice to have people that can kind of curate stuff for you and you end up with some nice surprises every now and again. Yeah. It's awesome. Star Trek, man, you're making me, uh, you're making me want to, want to dive in. If you, now that you can binge, binge it, <laughs> bring it. Now that you can bring it. <laughs> where is it um, I think that, uh, Oh, I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is for you, Steve. I've got um I have three seasons of Discovery on Blu-ray oh, that shit. I own that I've yet to watch. Okay, well, because season one and two are freaking fire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it season is. three is also really great. Um I remember weeping at the first episode. And then it same thing happened with season four. Like the first four or five like the first four episodes of each season is kind of like it's, it's kind of finding it's finding the big story. Like there's a lot of threads. But then something usually happens around, you know, episode five, six, that just all of a sudden kicks it off and you're just like barreling towards the end. Um, But season two in particular is like madness. I love it. That's the one that introduces the the Spock character. Yeah. Um, And also uh, the angels. Yeah. 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 yeah, Burnham's mother and all that. Yeah. That that was so good. That season was so good. And that that's the season that got me hooked because like 
Yeah. I remember it was when the pandemic first started that that I uh, um, <laughs> and my brother started working at Paramount. That is that's how I have Paramount. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no full disclosure. Um, and uh, uh, he he got me the thing, and I I was the pandemic started, and I was looking for stuff to watch. So Discovery, I think, was season two had just ended, so I was able to binge the first two seasons straight through. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I was able to go through season one really quickly because once I got to season two, I was like, no, this is a show I really care about. And I was super into it. And it's made me watch all the movies. Like I went back and I've been talking about, I've watched a lot of the movies. I think I still have a couple to watch. And Carolyn and Bob sent me lists of like old Star Trek episodes to watch. I haven't been able to crack those yet because I think it's intimidating. But, um, but I, and then Picard happened and Lower Decks, which I also love watching. (laughs) Lower Decks is awesome. Like I, I've just, it's just a wonderful corner of the the kind of sci-fi realm that Mm -hmm. i just did not have a lot of experience with beyond the movies growing up and now i have a show that's mine you know now i have a show that's my kind of entry point i think it's it's really cool sounds awesome i'm only on episode four the black hole just showed up dude yeah when he's flying away and he's like i don't know what's happening and then he just pans out and he sees his whole freaking planet i lost my mind <laughs> that, yeah and and yeah i got feelings already and so i can't i i'm hoping to dive in later this week and get through yeah a lot of it yeah i usually yeah, yeah. i usually wait until the season's over just so they can binge it that's what carolyn was saying yeah. it's i think it's a i think it's i like watching it week to week obviously mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to get through some of the more like bc plot stuff yeah when uh when you can binge it um what what i really loved about the back half of season four is that the the rest of the bridge crew become like legit like featured characters like there's a moment in the finale when they're like we got to do this like it stakes are high we got to do this suicide mission thing and one of the bridge characters stands up and i'm like oh my god she can I just started crying. I started crying. I started crying. I could not imagine losing this like bridge character that's just been there the whole time because you get attached. Mm-hmm. And I just started like, oh, uh, but uh, uh, oh, I'm not going to tell you. you. You'll watch it. It's I'll, so get wonderful. I'll get there. I'll get there. Wild Does anybody else have anything for Joey before we move on? Nope. All right. While we're on the subject of spacemen, I was going to ask you this before. I'm just curious, Aaron, have you seen the rumor? Yeah. For I have. <laughs> you have. Yes, I won't believe thoughts, it until feelings, I feelings, see it. concerns. Well, I was having that conversation earlier with you know our our UK contingent, and uh, let's tell everybody what we're talking about first, and then then tell me your story. Rumors that Hugh Grant will be the next Doctor Who. Or what's his name? Yeah, is that it? No. Doctor Hugh. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant will be the next Doctor Who. Um, no. There's conversations about it, and I'm like, mm, mm, I'll believe it when I see it, and also I don't care, um, because I feel like we already had another Doctor queued up already in the episodes that everyone really wants to see. Yeah. Be the doctor. But Tara, okay. Yeah. Give it to another guy that's old and crotchety and hey, let's give stuff. it to another fifty year old white so, guy. Um I don't I think he'd be a bad doctor. I just don't know if it's the direction we should go in now. But I, I you know, this is a Russell T. Davies thing that they are a rumor that they're putting out there. Cause 
the other part of that story is that it's going to because now the world is his oyster, as they say in one article I read. Russell T. Davies can then take the Hoovers and sort of go Marvel with it um, and have all these spinoffs and interconnecting stories and Wait, all that stuff. Is um, Russell T. Davis coming back? Yes. So, he's taken over again. So, <laughs> so, uh, that was long. That's an old announcement. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm not. I don't follow the news on Listen, that. I'm you're sorry. probably not even caught up with Flux. <laughs> but um, wow, yeah. out me. Why don't you? <laughs> I have three episodes to go, my friend. <laughs> Thought so. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I'm like I can hear exposed. it in your voice. You're not committed. <laughs> John Burkle exposed. <laughs> Dun, dun, but, dun. Yeah, <laughs> he's commenting on Hugh Grant. Them. He hasn't even finished the flux. What a tool! <laughs> like I'm like, hmm, interesting. No, um, there was a there's, there's a lot of talk about him being able to do all the the different things. They talked about you know with Torchwood that was on a shoestring budget. And they did all the shows around Cardiff, et cetera, et cetera. But now they have more of a budget, more of a following, yada yada yada. And he can do sort of a a Marvel like expansion of the universe. Um. The other part of the story is that he had already – he had been asked previously. Mr. Grant had been previously asked and he turned it down. So I don't know. Maybe he needs a check now or something. He'll do it. I don't know. But eh, I wouldn't Aww. hate it. I don't – I'm not wincing because it's him. I'm wincing because I wish it was someone else. Mm-hmm. I wish it was the person that we all hoped it would be. But we'll see. Now, this could be a fake out because, you know, they've done that in the past. So we'll see. Yeah. But I'm sorry, Steve. Go ahead. This was your story. What? This was your story. This was this was your topic. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just curious. Now you got me. I'm sitting over here online looking at the different seasons of uh, the Jodie Whittaker Doctor Who. I'm wondering. I know we have the first one, so that would be the eleventh. I need to. Or no, wait. She's thirteen. Twelfth. She is eleventh. Twelfth. I need to go downstairs and and find out what we have and don't have. She's season Um, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Flux is Flux is thirty five bucks. It's a it's, so, a it's a single story. It's yeah, a single story, it's a yeah. mini series. How is it episodic or is it yeah, a movie? It's episodic, but it's a single st- or a story arc. Okay, it's kind of like uh, um, what they did with Torchwood with Children of Children of Men. Oh yeah, Torchwood. Okay, talk about crying. I'm sorry. Now we're going off a tangent. Oh. I cried that last episode of that one. Oh God, yeah. I yeah. bawled I of like, Torchwood. Yeah, that last episode of Children of Earth with Yanto. You don't remember what you don't? Re- yeah, Yanto. But wait, also no. what Jack? I don't had remember to do? the. Oh yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember really liking Children of Earth. I don't remember the the moment oh, you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Yeah. Should we Poor spoil Jack. it? <laughs> For a oh, ten-year-old story arc. Mm. When Jack had to had to sacrifice his own grandson. Yeah. Had to kill his own grandson to save the rest of Earth. That that was brutal. It was brutal. Harsh. That was harsh. And wh- we, did, while yeah. his daughter was screaming at him, while yeah, while, he while she watched, her, yeah, while she while he took her son and sacrificed him. Jeez, yeah, that was it was harsh. It was. Yeah. I was like, I was not ready. I'm that was a hard watch. I remember like cringing and like having to get up and walk around watching yeah. that. 
I guess. Take a lap. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe if I come hard. back, I'm just, it's a dream sequence. <laughs> no? Uh, I, I, I was, that was hard. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it was oof. all a dream. I wish. I really did. <laughs> really, really did. Suddenly like, Patrick Duffy's in the shower and it's all okay. Wait, I, was for, <laughs> I was waiting for him to hit that wristband yeah. and go back in time and fix the whole damn thing. I'm like, damn it. Nope. It's real. Anyway, wow. I'm sorry. We went off on a tangent. Never mind. No, I uh, I wanted to, to get you nice and warmed up so you could do your lightning round. <laughs> I don't know what's to warm up. It'll be over by the time everyone finishes with the lightning. I got one book. One great book, <laughs> but I got one book. Um, and my continued uh, protest of Amazon? No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, I, I think without without giving anything away, you get MVP for being here this this episode so there's a lot going you, on you've had a bit going on there's a lot going on but this is you know this is where i wanted to be today so i'm glad i'm here um i decided to read uh milestone Returns static season one number six uh again vita ayala nicholas draper ivy all right I, I have to say I was very satisfied with this ending. I was very satisfied with the different beats that it was that, that were introduced here. As you remember from the previous uh, issue, Static and his newly formed crew decided to go into this abandoned warehouse, which happens to be the site of a government black ops organization, to rescue as many of the bang babies that they have identified have been kidnapped off the street and stored here for experimentation, all kinds of things. We don't even know all the things that are happening here. You begin to see the team form into sort of this um, well, not well-oiled machine, but better-oiled machine. They're beginning to understand what they can do. They begin to understand the value of their friendship, of their, their organizational skills, and how they need to divide and conquer. There's a little bit in the previous issue, there was a little bit of tension because there were some things that have happened in previous issues that hadn't been worked out. And I think it was just the right amount of tension to show that they're becoming friends, but they're not quite there yet. So, and recognizing that really made me a little bit tense because I wasn't really sure who was going to do what, where, and how. But in any event, they're all there. They're all committed to the mission together and they're going to find these bang babies and they have to figure out how to do several things at once. So they have to divide and conquer. Now, you know, we have a bunch of people of color in the same room. If someone says divide and conquer, you know, someone's going to die. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, they go through and, and at the end of the last issue, they found these bang babies. They started the big epic battle on different fronts of, of taking care of this, this black ops site of also, um, taking care of the guards that are holding them down, finding them, figuring out how to get them out, et cetera, et cetera. But the little twist at the end was not all of them wanted to be rescued. Um, some of them were flipped um, and made to work on the side of their captors. Now, why is this interesting? In an important plot point, they were flipped because they were manipulated into seeing the world through their trauma, but at the narrative of their captors. So all of them, not only as people of color who are already ostracized and, and, and marginalized, but also people with newly defined and informed mutations that are already that were that are being further, you know, lopped upon, you know, from society's perspective, from news perspective, et cetera, et cetera. They put all that 
into a motivation to sort of come over to our side, basically join us or go away. Um, so now, not only does Static have to rescue everyone who wants to be rescued, he's got to either defeat those that don't want to be rescued, and there are more of them than there are of him, or he's got to figure out how to bring them over to his side. I will not spoil the end, but suffice to say, things come to a conclusion, and I was satisfied with it. Um, I'm happy with how it it played itself out because we got to, I think this was the issue that defined whose static is as a hero as a, and as a person um, in all of these things. Um, I will say I got some, I got a combination of a lot of different personality types in here. I was feeling a little bit of Miles Morales. I was feeling a little bit of Peter Parker. I was feeling you know, a little Nightwing situation. But I was just feeling a little bit of, of all the good parts of being a hero that we see. And then, you know, some of the, at a certain point, I was feeling some of the Kamala in, certain, in the sense that there was the learning of the powers on the job type thing going on there. Um, I was very happy with this. And again, the art, the colors, the structure, the line work, all of that stuff is just, it just continues to blow. Even the lettering, the lettering, just that the way it's almost like a cursive, but not quite very much looks hand lettered. It just adds to this almost graffitied color. And it's interesting because I'm looking at this one page and I'm remembering last issue. And these also have bisexual colors. Um, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm not even joking. I'm looking at the page right now. These are very bisexual colors, um, but I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved that it's continuing to 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 deliver, and I love that it can. It's obviously part of the bigger universe, and that they, you know, have plans to continue to expand it. And I'm all in. Also, love that I didn't have to pay for it because I already have it on, on DC Infinite Universe. So you know that helped. Um, but yeah, get on that if you haven't been already. <laughs> that is my lightning round. I'm surprised you didn't read that when it dropped a couple weeks ago. I think I may have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was that good. It is good. So, you know, but I haven't been here in like a a minute. But, true. you know, yeah. it is what it is. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. Um, and, you know, I will say, even though it ended the way it ended, there's still some things that are, there's still a little bit of a cliffhanger there. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people got their comeuppance, but there's still a little bit of a cliffhanger there that, you know, so it's very clear Things yeah. are going to continue to go down. And this, this is like his third costume change. Well, I yeah. was going to say, too, like there's still that whole – it wasn't like issue four where um, what's-his-face was like, yeah, take some of my stuff, you know? So there's that like potential for crossover coming down the line as well. Oh, with so, hard- hardware. Yeah. Hardware, yeah. 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 So there's so, that. Yeah. Well, he did talk to him. There was an issue – I think it was one of the issues of hardware. He was talking – no, in this, he was talking to him. yeah. While he was while while um, hardware was on the run. On the run. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think it was the actual name. I couldn't think of his name. So, yeah, I'm really glad that we're getting a second season. I'm glad that this is just growing and blossoming and being wonderful. I am still always so interested at the books that you get to read for free on DC Universe, and you don't. You know. Pretty sure Monkey Prince number one was also put out number one, uh, for free on DC Universe uh, right away too. So I'm hoping that hey, the popularity of some of these books and the quality of some of these books gets them on the you know stands to actually yeah. kind of you know 
be treated as top tier books, as it were. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was already. What are you, what are you he, implying, Joseph? No, you know what I'm implying. You know what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But he was already also in a, an issue of uh, Icon and Rocket. He was in the yeah. last issue of Icon and Rocket. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, they're doing that crossover thing hard. And they already had one of the cast members of um, what the heck? I'm Blood Syndicate, it. Blood Syndicate, and 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 Static. Yeah. So yeah, no, I really like the corner of the universe they're building here, and yeah, it's it's really all well done. I enjoyed it. I legitimately, as I, I actually, I was just flipping through those pages and flipping back and flipping through. I'm like, all right, what, what's next? Uh, part of me is like, they should really revisit this from an animated perspective. And then I will, uh, <laughs> I would love to see it. I would love to see these guys write it from the animated perspective. Yeah. That's not your Saturday morning cartoon. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and that's it. All right. Good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Bob. Yowza. It is. It is your turn, okay, sir. So first off, let me just say a big thank you to my dear friend Sarah Miles for sending me an autographed copy of Secret Identity. This is the new novel by author and comics creator Alex Segura. It's a pulpy mystery set in the 70s indie comics world, and though I've only just begun, I'm already totally hooked on the lead, Carmen Valdez, as she tries to break into the creative side of that really very, very different era of comics history. This also... Uh, interludes of newly done Bronze Age artwork by Sandy Jarrell that really, really boosts the narrative. If you're a fan of, of the Brubaker Phillips stuff, I think you'll get the same charge out of this I'm getting, and so did Ed Brubaker because he's got a blurb on the back cover. Just saying. Into regular comics, Dan Slott's Reckoning War event continued with Trial of the Watcher, featuring the cosmic art of Javier Rodriguez, letters by Joe Carmagna, team brings us a very harrowing what-if story. What if the Watcher never interfered back when Galactus first came to Earth? It's FF 48-50, to 50, if you're keeping score at home. And this one has a really surprising and thought-provoking conclusion. So, this event's going pretty well so far, and you know me, I don't like them, but I like this one. Quick trip to Gotham City for a couple of books. Batgirls 4 by Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad, Jorge Corona, Sarah Stern, and Becca Carey. As, and this delightfully quirky new series just brings us delight literally every issue. And this one, we're getting a partial conclusion to the first arc, but there are complications that look to be very important moving forward. In a different part of town, Selena Kyle has a lot of stuff going on herself over in Catwoman 41. Amidst her struggles against Gotham City's crime bosses, what with some new players on the field, some old enemies, some new allies who might still be enemies at the end of the day, or who might not even make it past next issue. Just <laughs> saying. Superb writing by T.D. Howard. The art by Nico Leon and colorist Veronica Gandini is absolutely stunning. And not, not to forget to mention, Tom DiPolitano's lettering and caption work really just add another layer to what's becoming a great new run for this character. Finally, as an addendum to something from last time, there's a Women of Marvel trade just out that reprints last year's one-shot. Even better, though, it collects all three issues of the Kinda Rare Girl comics from 2010. Now, that cool mini, cool mini included work from, here we go, J. 
Jewella Wilson, Ming Doyle, Trina Robbins, Devin Grayson, Emma Rios, Agnes Garboska, Jill Thompson, Catherine Imaden, Colleen Coover, Faith Aaron Hicks, Marjorie Liu, Sarah Pacelli, Louise Simonson, June Brigman, Anna Senti, Kelly Sudakonic, Carlos Speed McNeil, and Amanda Connor. And in fact, a, a signed print of Ms. Connor's cover from Girl Comics 1 is sitting in my kitchen right as I speak. Also, new material, some interviews and varying covers, including a lovely set by Jen Bartell. It's twenty four ninety five and worth twice that. That's mm. it for me. Damn. That is a hot list. Yeah. Holy crap. Mm. Um, I haven't read the late, I haven't read Catwoman 41 yet, but, uh, Bob, I'm sure that you've noticed this about the art that's happening in that book. I absolutely love the ways in which Selena kind of walks around like a cat mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. certain Their body scenes. language is incredible. Yeah. It's really, really impressive. Like you had that, that, uh, scene in the first issue where she jumps up on the shelf mm-hmm. and she's all crouched over. Uh, I can't quite remember what it what the picture is from the the 40th issue, but just her her bringing like the feline aspects of that character out in that way with the body language when it's you know a static image on a page, uh, I think goes a long way to help define that character. It's a very 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 cool series yeah. so far, and Batgirls has just been wonderful. I really hope that they get to do more with this after the series wraps up. Um, they double twisted me on that one. I thought that that psychiatrist <laughs> guy came in. I was like, that's the bad guy. And then they were like, nope, no, it's the other double guy. twist. <laughs> Woo. Took me by surprise. Yeah. Loving the way that looks yeah. and reads and Steve, Steph and Cass and, and Babs all together. Super, just brilliantly done. Uh, John, why don't you jump in here? I'm going to try to find that panel from uh, Catwoman 40 oh, I, I was talking about. I can't say anything else that hasn't been said about Catwoman. That that That's a great little reboot right there. And Nico Leon's art, that, the colors just, oh, it's just, it's so, it's just gorgeous. Reckoning War. Yeah. If Javier Rodriguez does not get a Silver Surfer book, then Marvel is not doing their job properly. I love his class. It's, it's like Bushema modern Bushema and it's just it's so good and Uwatu I've been saying it for a while he's not very good good at his job but I don't know if what we saw here was real or not but I loved all the callbacks to the what ifs like you're always sitting out there wondering what if well I'm going to show you a what if of of you and you're you're messing up but no Reckoning War might have taken twenty years to get to, but it's 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 been a hell of a little event so far. Oh, absolutely! I'm as an old timer seeing those callbacks to those books, and, and mm-hmm. you, you get a a lineup of them standing at a podium with with Spider Man with a five on his chest from from yeah. way back when. <laughs> Your yeah. uh, you know, slots. Slot loves this era as much as anyone. You can see what what he did with yeah. his Silver Surfer with the All Reds. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all at play here, and it really has been in through his Fantastic Four run. This this what if story has some real consequences, and mm-hmm. but as you say, is it them just trying to torture Uatu over him being a busybody? Yeah. Him, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm in New York. He's being a yenta. <laughs> it's just 
but he's been so much a part of the Marvel universe since back in FF 13 that we kind yeah. of accept it. But yeah, that's not his job really. But here it, it's, it yeah. was sad and yet satisfying at the same time. I don't, I don't want to spoil People should read this. You could read this as a one shot without reading any of the, of this event. If you know FF history and want to pick up something really cool, this is it right here. Yeah. I love uh, Nick Fury chomping on a cigar going, we need the nukes. We're going to use the nukes, Richards. <laughs> Give me a second, Nick. Give me a second. <laughs> We're going to nuke Manhattan. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> no, good stuff. Um, Bob, that panel is when Catwoman is interrogating Noah Goddard. Yes, yes. Uh, from the from thing. And uh, Black Mask shows up at the restaurant. And uh, you hear like a door slamming and her, her leg goes up and she looks over her shoulder. I have totally seen all of my cats that I've ever had make that like terrifying face when something either drops or you like walk into a room really fast and they just kind of turn and look over their shoulder like, ah, what's going on? There's a shot here where she's sort of leaning onto her own couch talking to somebody and it has that sort mm-hmm. of body language. But here's the thing. We've seen in this book and with this character across the last or last 10 years, some really heinous examples of people trying to do that and doing it really objectifyingly. That's not the, that's yeah. not the case here. She's sexual, um, yeah, sexualized. It is brilliant. The textures in those colors and it's masterful. It's even in the way that it's lit. Like there's this um, in the same scene when she's she's grabbing the, uh, this dude Noah and kind of tying him up with the with her whip. Uh, there is a panel at the bottom right hand of this page that very easily or it traditionally would have been like a total butt shot, mm-hmm. but her whole her whole form is um, blacked out. So it's basically just her silhouette with a couple of highlights which completely obscures that part. And it looks badass. Yeah. So I just, there's, there's so many ways that you can do it. And it's just nice to see that it's being done. Even the the same thing with this, uh, the scene of her leaning over the motorcycle, you know, that is totally one of those like glory panels that they, they could have other artists could take advantage of. And it's, it's not here. Well, again, the one here where she's leaning over a couch to talk to somebody is shot from the side. It's not shot yeah. with the camera below her knees, looking upwards into stuff. Now, this is, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been off Catwoman since Joel Jones left. Tried a couple. Mm-hmm. Tried a couple. It, it wasn't for me, uh, story wise, art wise. This is leaning into what Joel was doing in terms of the characterization of Selena, and the artwork is every bit as good in a in a different way. Stunning people. If you backed away from Catwoman as I did, come back. Nico Leone, yeah, Teeny Howard, good stuff. All right, I like it. That's it. I think that's it for lightning I rounds. Believe so. uh, let's do the rest of this news and get out of here. Couple of uh, oh, let's see if I can get to the quick ones first. Uh, Harvey Gillen. From uh, what we do in the Shadows fame is going to be voicing Nightwing for Harley Quinn season three, the animated series. Fantastic. I'm I'm intrigued uh, only he, because season three, based on where we were from the comic, they were moving to Central mm-hmm. City. 
I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Okay. I'm I'm very. I want to keep a running count of how many, depending on how how many episodes Nightwing is in. I want to know how many butt jokes <laughs> there are going to be throughout the season. Um, I just I I really like Harvey and the what we do in the shadows television show, uh, and he's been popping up like left and right. He's getting a lot of work, and um, I just think it's it's a great okay. pick. And Nightwing's a great yeah, character. I've only so seen this, the this yeah, only be, seen the movie of what we do in the shadows. Oh, he's yeah. He he plays a really great character. He plays kind of like the the Renfield uh, oh, character, cool. the human who wants to be turned yes. and hasn't yes. quite you know been given the opportunity yet. That kind of thing. Um, he's great in cool. that show. So uh, that is happening. That's very exciting. I think he's uh, also going to be in Blue Beetle as well when that comes out. Uh, they've been casting like that for crazy. George uh, Perez. Uh, no, sorry, George Lopez also joined oh. that. I have George Perez on the mind. Um, let's see. Um, keeping it in the DC universe, there is a new Riddler comic coming out written by Paul Dano uh, called Riddler Year One. Now, this, hopefully I can get the information because this there was a little bit of blowback uh, for this, Stevan uh, Subek is going to be doing the art for this. The artist was not announced uh, by DC when this was first out there. Um, and the same thing with Dano as well for the retweets and whatnot. Uh, and they caught some shit for that. Uh, this is going to be a, oh, I was right. I predicted this would be a black label imprint. And there it is. Uh, six issue limited series. And this is going to be concentrating on, you know, obviously ver- uh, Dana's version of Riddler. Why do they have a picture of him right next to Hush? Well, the <laughs> Hush yeah. origin is the Riddler origin of the Batman. Yeah. Mm. And maybe they're going to draw connections to that in this. Isn't there another writer, though? Um, No, I don't. I thought not that like I've a, seen that. I don't. I don't know. I thought that there was somebody else on board here. Uh, I think. It, I mean, he's written stuff before. Okay. Uh, I think it's just him. Okay. Cool. Yep. They're the only. They're the only two people named. Um, they name a bunch of other people, but I think these are for these are for other series and stuff. Glad um, he's finally getting his break in comics. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was a shitty. I um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, you know, like. I'd like to see some art for it. I'd like, yeah. you know, wait until whatever starts to come out. Um, the black label label stuff I've enjoyed uh, that, you know, what I've read of it. I don't know who Steve, uh, Stevan Subek is. Elric, the dreaming city. That's did, uh, uh, Michael Moorcock over at, I mean, that, that property has been all over the place. So, I, Oh, my college professor used to draw a lot of Elric. In oh, his yeah. spare time, the the whole yeah, I mean that 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 was a whole thing back then. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some good stories there. Yeah, it's cool. well, some of this is really cool. Some of this is very psychedelic. Holy crap! Damn. All right. Um. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, what's even cooler though, and I want to give them a shout out uh, because this David Brooke who did this, uh, I don't even know AIPT. Does anybody know what that stands for? It's a website. No. 
nerd news website anyway uh dc comics reveals full dc pride 2022 plans with a 104 page anthology a new series and more uh i just want to give this site a shout out because this article is very very well presented um it's written really well and very comprehensive for looking at all the the teams and all the stories and everything coming out. Um, I was impressed when I was scrolling through this. I was like, holy crap. Their latest, uh, uh, their latest podcast episode is the state of Substack has it changed comics. <laughs> so topping last year's 80 page DC pride anthology, DC pride 2022 will feature 104 pages in the prestige format with an introduction by activist and actor, Nicole Maines, uh, featuring creators like J bone, Rose Stein, Ted Brandt, uh, Samantha Dodge, Brittany Williams, and others. Uh, we're getting an Alyssa Yo and Batgirl. There's a lot of creators on these. Aquaman, uh, Jackson Hyde, Green Lantern, and Joe Mullen, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, The Ray, uh, Superman, and John Kent, Tim Drake. Okay, we'll talk about the Tim Drake stuff in a second. Uh, and more to come. So they basically have announced that they're, I'm going to scroll down to this. They're collecting, we've been buying the uh, Batman Urban Legends uh, anthology series, like the little mini stories and stuff that have some connective tissue from issue to issue. These things are $8 a pop. And we were reading it initially for the Tim Drake story. They're collecting the Tim Drake story to put into one thing. Oh no. How could you do this to me, DC? (laughs) Like $60 later, here we are. Uh, this is a really great story, though. This is going to be a 64-page one-shot, all collected, uh, of the, the the Tim Drake story that they were publishing. Uh, really good, really sweet stuff in there. There's this Multiversity Teen Justice comic, a Pride-themed, oh, Pride-themed variant covers, so on and so forth, with a ton of people, including Amy Reader, Joe Phillips, Derek Charm, Kevin Wada. Um, some of these colors are absolutely amazing. Um, let's see. They're reprinting a couple of the DC 2021 stuff for anybody that might have missed them. There's a new Nubia series coming out. Uh, Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, taking place right after Nubia Coronation Special. A uh, second miniseries, miniseries for the fan favorite Amazon. That's pretty neat. Uh, there's going to be a Poison Ivy story about uh, Ivy leaves Gotham City and sets out to complete her greatest work yet, a gift to the world that will heal the damage humanity has dealt to the, dealt to it. I gotta know what that is. <laughs> she gonna solve global warming? Gonna reverse it? Gonna Superman backwards the earth, that stuff? Who knows? Um, this is exciting. This is cool. It's, it's cool to see them going bigger, uh, for this uh, year after year. Uh, and just this spread looks awesome. And it looks like they're going to have deals and highlights on a lot of the older stuff too. Like there'll be deals for Doom Patrol. Um, Midnighter is going to be a complete collection that'll be kind of uh, re-represented. Crush and Lobo, DC Pride. This is cool. Uh, did anybody else get to check this out? No, I slipped through it. Um yeah. I always look forward to those, you know, those stories because I always hope that they will, and it seems like they have been, um, mm. showing the value of having that be a part of the entire year, having mm-hmm. those sto- types of stories be not a special edition, but rather 
hey, these characters are, we're going to examine these aspects of these characters. I think that's kind of the result that it's had over the last several years. So I'm happy for it. Even though we keep hearing yeah. stuff, people getting online talking about, did you see the yeah. the sales of Superman? Uh, bite me. No, stop. I yeah. think it's really cool. I think it's really cool to see like the spread yeah, of the queer characters across this label and for them to all be here. Like the list grows yeah. more and more every year. And I think that that is a positive to concentrate on when we see stuff like this. Um, I totally hear you that the the representation could be better throughout the year. I do like to see the progress we've made, though, in them yep. introducing newer characters. It's almost like throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with something sticking. Obviously, we all would want to see um, these characters introduced in, you know, like in April or something, or, or rather, you know what I mean, or, or yeah. September or something like that. But you know what? If, yeah. if putting eyes on it now uh, creates a buzz in the community, in the communities, both comics and, you know, LGBTQIA, make it happen. You know, mm-hmm. show show your spending power. And then while you're doing that, go complain about Amazon and get them yeah. to fix right. the mixology. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> should there have to be a month where we do these things? Exactly. Uh, no. no, certainly but not. The one thing about it is from a, from a merchandise and promotion standpoint, when... It, this month, or whether it's Black History Month or Women's History Month, where now major news organizations might be paying attention to something, and maybe this mm-hmm. gets to other eyes rather than just us comic folk. Maybe that's that's the strategy. I hope yeah. it works. I do hope so. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention that I actually wanted to make sure I touch on is that new Poison Ivy series is going to be written by G. Willow Wilson. Yes. Yeah. So G. Willow Wilson and uh, Marcio Takara is going to be on that with covers by Jessica Fong, uh, Warren Lowe, and this, see, Nick Robles, Frank Cho, Dan Mora. Uh, that is, that's exciting. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff and some absolutely stunning, stunning art. This cover for Teen Justice is just absolutely gorgeous. I really, really want to read it. I love the character designs I'm seeing on this cover. I don't even know who's, who more than half of these characters are. Same. Looks awesome. Um, yeah. Very exciting. Very cool. And uh, I will be checking that stuff out for sure. I'm really pumped about that. Um, do we have anything else? Young Avengers. Oh, yes. Uh, do you want to? I lost my. There it is. Uh, what do we got here? Do you want to do that one, John? Oh, no. It's just Marvel's Young Avengers are going to reunite in a special Pride Month issue. And hopefully that simply means we're going to be leading into another Young Avengers book in the near future. So don't give me mm. hope. There's, 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 there's got to be that. hope. There's got to be hope, Joey. Don't it's do gotta that. It's got to come. Don't give Sorry. me hope. There's a Hulkling. You had, you had Negabands. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, there's Bob. A Hulk, Go ahead, there's Bob. a Hulkling Wicked Mini coming Starting in June, so is it? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yes. I think it's they're they're going to build them all back together. But I mean, if you're going to do a Pride book, Young Avengers is is that book. I mean that that team is. I mean it's been representing for years now, and I can't wait to see it come back. Who's doing the Hulkling? Uh, I book? don't have it in front of me. I am sorry. 
They honestly are. They honestly are like my, my one of my favorite couples in the universe in the Marvel universe. They mm. uh, they're just cute. I'm looking. For and now one of them this. is the Emperor of the Preschool uh, yes. Empire. Yeah. Yep. Look at and that. the other is the uh, Sorcerer of the Empire. Ooh. Within yeah. Hulkling miniseries. Isn't yeah, it? So this is going to be. This is called Marvel's Voice Pride. Yeah. And it's going to be a giant sized one shot releasing in June. Hulkling and it's, it was. It's a Marvel Unlimited Infinity comic on Marvel Unlimited. Oh, it was written by Josh Trujillo with art by Jody Nishijima. Yeah. Uh, it was like, a, yeah, it was one of these um, Marvel Unlimited digital. So it'll, get, it'll get hard copy in yeah. on June fifteenth. Okay. Yeah, yep. So it's it's on unlimited. It's on in unlimited already. But yeah, it looks in, like a yeah. uh, sexy manga. Yes. Yeah. Man. So it's a, it is. A I would love this cover. Yes. On like a T-shirt or a poster or something. This is great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. I think that's it. I think so. That's it. Yep, looking at the list. We're all done. Um, Solid. <laughs> yay! This is a good one. I feel good about this episode. Just have to remember to put the music in it. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to tell you about what I'm excited about this week come out on the comic book shelves. We've got Detective Comics 1058, like Clockwork, uh, Harley Quinn 13. Human Target, number six. My most anticipated book of the week, One Dark Night, number two. Finally getting another uh, one of that. Uh, Robin, number 12. Uh, Demon Days, Blood Feud, number one. I'm going to check out. Uh, That's the Peach Momoko series. Uh, Ms. Marvel, or was it Magnificent Ms. Marvel? Ms. Marvel Beyond the Marvelous. Number four, Submitting. and then my other most anticipated book, Bolero number three, uh, Department of Truth seventeen, Monstrous thirty eight, and of course Saga number fifty seven is coming out this week. It is, uh, Bob. What? That's what. I, that's what I have. Mm-hmm. I got that too. Shit. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, Bob, what do you got? Ed, then I will semi hate read something, but I don't. I shouldn't say that because I don't know yet. But uh, Trial of the Amazons continues with Wonder Girl. Which was the last, <laughs> next to last issue of what was supposed to be that series, but they canceled it, so they're throwing it into this. And I don't know what's in it yet, but the Marvel reprints of the Marvel verse ones are slightly smaller sized. They're doing an America Chavez. So don't know oh. what's in it yet, but I, I'm very intrigued to get a look at it. I bet you what's not going to be in it is that Joe Kelly origin story book yes. for her. I don't that like the whole vengeance miniseries is really cool, but like so many cool characters came out of it, and those origin stories are are not part yeah, of them anymore. Yeah, count anymore. <laughs> yeah. Novar came out of that. Yeah. America Chavez mm-hmm. came out of that. Somebody else. They may do one or or maybe her part of it, and that's probably about it. But that it would be well, nice. It was, the, yeah. it was a series of it was a series of like one offs yeah. for each of the characters. I think. Vengeance, I believe it was called. Vengeance. I am vengeance. I am vengeance. Ah, Joey, what are you getting? 
Uh, well, I, I, can, can people confirm now? Because I, I wonder if my list is right. Is Immortal X-Men coming out this week? I did not see that. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Come back to me, actually, then. Let me make sure my <laughs> list is right. Captain Marvel 37, is that coming out this week? No. no. That's next I think you're a week two? ahead, buddy. I'm no, a week ahead. Week ahead. I think my so. whole list is wrong. My whole list is wrong. <laughs> I'm not getting any comics this week. Shang Chi Ten. All right, cool. <laughs> Aaron, what are you picking up? <laughs> a time machine for Joey, probably. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm gonna play the game. Uh, <laughs> like I'm actually gonna do it, but I'm probably gonna get Saga, but not really. Um. Department of Truth, probably not. Um, what am I, what else about Chang Chi? Mm. Um, definitely gonna get Icon and Rocket <laughs> for obvious reasons. Is that because it's on the DC? <laughs> there you go. Um, Wonder Girl, Trial of the Amazons, and uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. One of these days, you'll break. Mm. I'm sure you'll join us. Sure. Join us in the 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 Bezos Island. <laughs> well, I hope he gets, uh, I hope John. He gets trapped in space. <laughs> him and Pete Davidson. Anyway, Pete Davidson's not going anymore, That's, man. That doesn't no. mean I don't want him there. <laughs> Comic March twenty third. I clicked on this link. You're telling me it's all wrong. From which site? All wrong. I don't know. Some random site. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Randomcomics.com. Yep. That's encouraging. <laughs> uh I'm gonna I most of everything's been said, but also Devil's Reign X-Men number three, and then X Deaths of Wolverine number five comes out. And I'll finish that up. And then all the Batman stuff you already mentioned. So uh, and Immortal X-Men if it does come out. I'm no, sure. No, it's not, it's not. These all look different from what I had. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at a new list now. Okay, all right, all right. Try free, try <laughs> previews right. world, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, previews <laughs> world hasn't been a name. League of Comic Book. Yeah, go to League, League of Comic Book. Yeah, Midtown, Midtown isn't always is pretty good. Icon and Rocket. All this free publicity for all these websites. Blah 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 blah. Trial of the Amazons. All right, now I'm on the right site. Now I'm on the right site. <laughs> He's going to scroll through all the <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to scroll. Uh, <laughs> quick scroll, quick scroll, quick scroll, quick xenoscope, quick scroll, quick scroll. Um, Tales of Robin Hood. <laughs> With a Y. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and look, I'm going to read all the stuff that y'all read, so it's fine. It's okay. All right. Did Joe Kelly write that book? No, it was Joe, Joe Casey. He's committed to Icon anyway. Rocket. Does anybody have any closing statements? No. no. All right, I got. I oh got well, two. yeah. No, happy birthday, Bob. That's my closing. Yeah, happy statement. birthday, Bob. You oh yes, of course. Happy birthday, Mister Bob. Uh, it is time for a little bit of house cleaning. Uh, there is from last week. There is a new episode of Thirsty on Tune. Go get it. It is the second part of their award show. This is a three-hour extravaganza. Uh, the energy of this podcast is just through the roof. I had a blast listening to it. Uh, and I think you would too. It's a great show. Go check it out. Uh, and shameless self-promotion, my latest episode for the animation series for uh, Hayao Miyazaki's My Neighbor Totoro is out in the wild. 
Uh, it's on my social media feeds and on the Joe Blow Originals YouTube channel. Please go and check it out. We are going to be refocusing the series a little bit in the future. Uh, so enjoy some of these more obscure gems while they last. Big Get plans it. for the future, though. Get it while it's hot. Get it while it's hot, because sometimes you experiment, sometimes people dig it, and sometimes people really don't. <laughs> Story so, of college life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Learn the hard way this time. We had the 20s. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, go and check it out. We work very hard on those, and we really enjoy doing it, and we want to do more of them. Exactly. Um, all you need to do is search uh, My Neighbor Totoro Revisited on YouTube and you'll find it. All right. That's enough out of me. Uh, we've reached this <laughs> the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. Bob, where could our listeners find Old you? Fashion email, Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. Joey at Dre Bertino. Aaron <laughs> at Aaron J. Amos, John at John B. Burkle, and I am at dead underscore anchoress. So for Bob, hey guys, Joey, bye, Aaron, reservations are made, John, stuck in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp, womp. I hope you all have an absolute blast getting together. Uh, have some ni- something nice for dessert for me. Uh, that's going to do it. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We should have some uh, updates and uh, legitimate site relaunch stuff happening very soon. We are in final negotiations, as they say. <sighs> And um, we're excited about it. It's been it's been a while. It's it's been a, a bit much, but uh, we're getting there. You can see the finish line, and we're excited about it. If you haven't checked your feeds yet or checked the Twitter, we have new artwork, some in-house artwork from Joey Bracino yeah, that boy. we popped into the into the account. So we no longer have the the like dark red silhouette artwork anymore we now have joey's very vibrant and fun and explosive talking comics yeah. just like my uh, heart art. yeah vibrant that and he explosive. made up made up on the spot over over some chat and a few drinks and uh yeah we love it and we hope you dig it and that's gonna do it uh thanks again for listening be excellent to each other and until next time on the talking comics podcast to be continued.